Welcome to the Beyond Barriers podcast. If you're an ambitious woman who wants to advance in leadership, then this podcast is for you. This podcast is co-hosted by Nikki Barua, digital innovator, serial entrepreneur, author, and speaker, and Monique Marquez, senior corporate leader, ex-Googler, and diversity expert. From inspiring stories to cutting-edge strategies, you'll learn how to develop the skill set, mindset, and tool set to get future-ready fast and accelerate your success. Hi, I'm Brooke Skinner-Ricketts, co-founder and president of Beyond Barriers, and I'll be your host for today's episode. I'm so excited for you to meet Jen Coffey, who co-leads Accenture's Global Immersive Learning Practice, which helps shape how clients leverage the latest technologies to create immersive, memorable, and durable learning experiences for their people and their customers. Jen's career journey has been both broad and deep. In addition to her work at Accenture, she's a career coach, voiceover artist, EQ coach facilitator, certified scrum master, and agile coach. With over a decade of experience at Accenture, she's an expert in learning and leadership development, which is complemented by her passion for psychology, theater, music, and writing. One of the highlights of this wonderful conversation is Jen's commitment to and focus on investing in herself. She describes her journey of going from baggage claim, where she was more worried about everyone else and their baggage, to pilot, where she has her hands firmly on the wheel of her career and life. I can't wait to hear what you think about this inspiring conversation. So if you could just start by introducing yourself, including like, tell me your name and what you do and a little bit just about you and your story, that would be great. Absolutely. Um, I'm Jen Coffey. I'm based out of Chicago. I I call it Chicago, but I live in the very far northwest suburbs, (laughs) almost Wisconsin. Um, But I've been with Accenture for almost 12 years now. Um, And my current role is that I am the co-lead of our global metaverse learning team, um, which we are hopefully rebranding shortly to being immersive learning, which makes me very happy. Um, But um, in my you know, experience at Accenture, I've been in a range of roles and now I'm in this immersive learning space, which is um, kind of surreal to me. Um, so it's it's exciting. I love the being in a space of, you know, almost a white page of being able to create something from scratch. Um, I'm a very holistic person. And so when I started at Accenture, um, based on previous experience with event planning, I got brought in to help lead the delivery of training. Um, and so that was delivering something somebody else was creating. Um, and that wasn't enough for me. So then I moved into a position of being the person who was developing the training. Um, and with that came a whole host of experiences. But there was this moment um in December of 2021, where we were planning for an event that took place last year, um, we were having this big, you know, whiteboarding session, and somebody was like, "Okay, everybody, come through and like, you know, put your ideas, things that we haven't talked about." And I put, "What was the toting line in our learning organization?" Which was, "What are we doing for um, learning in the metaverse?" So I, you know, put that in, and they said, "Oh." I love this. We're not doing anything. Run with it, Jen. Oh, it wow. Kind of moment of, I don't know anything about it myself. Um, and so I need to utilize my networks and connections and, and make that happen. And so I led this giant experience room where we took um, almost 800 of our top leaders through these experiences that we created. And they went well, and I got coached to come over to the Metaverse Learning Team. Um, and so now it's um, it's a it's an interesting space, but... Um, I'm excited to bring in all of these different experiences that I've had. I've been, 
I'm a certified scrum master. Um, that was kind of a blessing that came through in the midst of COVID was, you know, all of my programs that I was developing were in person. They got canceled. And so we were trying to figure out what to do next. And I was asked if I was interested in becoming a scrum master and leading a or standing up an agile team. And so that was a huge opportunity and something that I still I miss out on. Um, I love being a scrum master and coaching people, but I do that. I um, I facilitate. I teach agile training as well as just other trainings, coaching. I love coaching. I love um, emotional intelligence coaching. I'm certified to do that internally. Um, I love career coaching individuals, um, something that I, I have a passion for as well. Um, and then probably my favorite and easiest part of my job and something that I'm working on building a little bit externally from my, my career at Accenture, but it's um, I do voiceover work. So I'm working oh, on cool. Emotion kind of business yeah as a voiceover artist and in the process of writing um what we're hoping is going to be kind of like a disney style um movie with my daughter she's nine and voice it together so that's amazing you are busy lady (laughs) you've got a lot going on wear a lot of hats that's cool um can you point to any or i'm sure you can point to many but can you point or share with us some of the most poignant learnings from that that you've gathered along the way thus far um i think the biggest learning i've had is taking risks again thinking through you know where i've landed right now just even you know taking the risk of putting in there you know what are we doing for learning in the metaverse um that was risk and then you know being told to go off and take this. I could have said no and passed it on to somebody else, but I took that challenge. When I was offered this position, it was going client-facing was in my five-year plan at Accenture, but it wasn't in my right-now plan. Um, I had always been internally facing. In my over a decade of that time of working in learning at Accenture, I'd never supported, developed a training for technology. And so that was, you know, another scary piece. And then, you know, metaverse and all of this technology that I'm not, you know, the most, I, I consider me, myself to be fairly technologically illiterate. And so going into this space that it just felt super scary. Um, and so I realized that the times where I've grown the most in my life and in my career have been when I've taken these huge risks. And if, you, if you've got these three massive things that scare you, that usually means you're going to grow, it's going to be a huge challenge, and it's going to be a great opportunity. And it has been. So it's, it's taking those risks. Um, and then it's also just the and I can't stress it enough, but the importance of your network, um, going back to, you know, again, landing where I landed when they said, all right, run with that, Jen. If I didn't have the networks that I have, I wouldn't have had a clue where to start. But the first thing I did is I called my friend Bob, who I know works in the metaverse and is super passionate about that. He used to work for Disney. He has, you know, so many other connections as well. And I said, all right, Bob, how would you want me to get started? What tips would you provide? And it was from there, I just started pulling in my other connections, my other networks to make this happen. And it, you know, it, it takes a village to make things like that happen. And the only way to make that happen, the only way to have that village is if you really foster those networks and those connections that you have. So um, relationships are, you know, critical. That's a huge lesson. And then just, again, taking those risks. Yeah. That's great. So back up a little bit to taking the risk because nobody takes a risk without having very few people take a risk without having some sort of limiting belief or self-doubt or imposters, right? Like that, and that comes up like all the time in the work that we do because it's just real for everybody. Um, what are your tools? How do you, how do you push, how did you or how have you pushed through those limiting beliefs or fears? Well, I will, I will completely say that I have them. I've had them and I continue to have them. Um, I was, um, 
looking at doing a, a speaking engagement for International Women's Day back in March and just timing didn't work out for it. But um, as I was trying to think of what I was going to talk about, I was like, we're going to call this surrealism in the time of virtual reality, because to me, being in this position is super surreal. You want me to come and talk about this thing that I'm supposed to present myself as an expert on, but I don't consider myself to be an expert in anything. And I feel like that's um, that's about self-awareness. Um, I think anybody who's super self-aware wouldn't consider themselves consider themselves to be the expert in anything because we're always kind of second guessing ourselves. Um, but I, you know, I've built myself again, you know, this really strong network, I call it my board of directors, but it's those people that I go to when I need to, to test ideas or, you know, gain consensus if, you know, this risk seems worth it, you know, jumping from a, a cozy spot in corporate functions to the metaverse when this is still very new and could fall, especially in the midst of, you know, an economic crisis in our country um, was a, is a, was a risk. And so talking through individuals or talking to my individuals and my board of directors of a, do I want to take that risk and B, will I be successful here? Like, I don't have mm-hmm. any, details. how is that even possible? Um, you know, it is going to those individuals. And one of those individuals is my own personal therapist. And I think that that's, you know, to me, one of the most crucial relationships that I have Um you know, I always think about that or, you know, when I was um, studying before I actually became a coach, somebody asked me the question of how are you going to be an executive coach? If you've never been in the C-suite, you don't have that experience. And I said, it's like my therapist. She's never been through all the exact same experiences I've had, um, but she knows the tools to be able to facilitate. And so, you know, having those individuals in your lives, whether it's an executive coach or a therapist or your board of directors, or even just your family to be able to talk through these things is really important. Um, the other thing that I do very, very regularly um, to combat the limiting beliefs, anytime I go into a job interview um, for, you know, different roles within my organization, whenever I look at, you know, putting myself up, like saying I'm ready for promotion, I keep track of the feedback that I've received over the years. And so internally, we have a tool, I can go back and see all of the feedback that's been put in the tool, like end of year, mid year, random feedback from individuals, since I started at Accenture. And so being able to go back and see those moments where people said certain things, just reminds me of the power that I have. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think keeping track of those wins is really important when you're facing limiting beliefs. Um, but then again, reminding yourself that you're human, we all all feel it. Um, we all fall down sometimes. It's important to fail and get back up and try something different um, to be able to continue growing. So it's kind of just Excellent. keeping those personal mantras in mind. Yeah, no, that's great. I think almost everybody we talk to says they have some sort of personal board of director. And um, the other podcast interview that I did this week, um, the person shared that they actually think it's really important to pay for a mentor. So like whether it's a therapist or a coach or, you know, but just to like recognize that like this is, it's part of investing in yourself, right? That's not something that like you can sort of expect to sort of passively show up that we have to pursue it. And that's a big piece of what we teach in our curriculum, right? This is about uh, no one's going to manage your career for you. You actually have to do this yourself. And, um, and I think that's a gap. It's interesting because people assume that women have are great at community, and community is actually the thing that we see the greatest increase from start to finish in our program. And it's because the women that we are exposed to are incredibly high achieving women. They have these amazing networks, but they don't leverage them or they don't know how to leverage them because we don't ask for help. So I'd love to hear a little bit about kind of how that board of directors came together and how do you think about your community as a leverage point for you? 
Absolutely. Um, I think that I want to start by saying you, you commented on the piece of, you know, we don't ask for help. Um, it's, it's a, it's very much a female thing. I think, mm-hmm. you know, there's definitely men, they, you know, my partner feels like he doesn't need anybody for anything. He's, you know, he's a super independent person. Um, I was raised to not ask for help. And so it is a struggle point. There have definitely been times in my life where it's, I've wanted to ask for help for, you know, different things that have come up and it, it gets you to that tipping point of, I can't do it. And it explodes. And all of a sudden, you know, finally you're asking for help, but feeling bad about it. Um, but it is everyone from an infant to an, to a, you know, someone at the end of their life needs help along the way. And so it's important to remember that, but, um, I think, you know, my board of directors and it, I think it evolves on a regular basis because you make these different connections that mean something to you. So it's, it's important to make sure that your board of directors is super diverse. And so I look back at, you know, the last almost 12 years at Accenture and the people that I've put into those positions. And it's those that I've been inspired by, um, those who've challenged me in different ways, um, those who have taught me something. Um, so there's someone who's no longer with Accenture, but I consider her to still be a, a mentor, but be part of my board of directors. Um, she taught me how to or taught me the importance of making sure we show other people the value we see in them. Um, and that was a huge lesson for me and something that I take forward in my career. And so just knowing that, you know, like there's people who can help you articulate. Like when I first started at Accenture, my very first program that I worked on, I was the person who was printing the signage, um, going and collecting the attendance rosters. And my very first one, I went into the managing director classroom and I went and I grabbed the roster. And for some reason, I just decided to back my way out of the room instead of just turning around and walking. I ended up literally running into a flip chart and knocking it over with my butt and just red as an apple, the most embarrassing moment of my career. Um, (laughs) And it is, it, it takes building up and, you know, coming back from these really embarrassing moments to then be able to say, like, like last year, I was running around with the entirety of our C-suite with the top 800 employees of my own organization and feeling like I absolutely belonged here. I could talk to any one of them and I did not have a moment of doubt in myself. Um, and so, like, I always think back of who are the people that helped me get there. And it, again, it's going back to those people who help you see your own value. It is more than just printing the signage for all these people and collating and, you know, putting together the attendance rosters. It's so much more than that. Here's the impact of the things that you're doing. Um, and so I, yeah, and I try to pull those people in to make them part of my board of directors. And it's also people who are going to tell it to you straight. They're not going to sugarcoat it and just agree with everything that you say. Um, it's important to have people who are going to push you to, to make changes and to, um, to just see beyond just yourself and your moment and your everybody has a, a little bit of narcissism and narcissism in them. Um, and so those, those people are going to say, well, have you thought about it from this person's perspective? So mm-hmm. I love the people who are going to help you see your, your value. That's such a, that's such a good fit. And I've heard a lot, like people who will hold a mirror up and be candid with you, but, uh, but just that framing is so powerful. So it's a really good tip. Cause I mean, I think there are, I think a lot of people know it's important, but starting is hard, you know? Um, so, so that's awesome. And it's just such a cool, your story is so amazing. Like coming from, you know, just, just the progression that you've seen in your career. It's really, it's, it's really cool to hear. So thank you. Um, going back to that, like beginning when you began, did you ever imagine that you would have a leadership role or that you would be sitting here where you are today? Like what, what did you think when you started out? <laughs> 
When I started out, um, again, that program that I, you know, printed the signage for and right. attendance, I, I said, this program is amazing. It was called Strategy College, and it was literally a college-style program for the strategy, the strategy practice of our organization. And I said, this is amazing. This is huge. My goal is to be the delivery lead of this program. Oh, cool. And it was like a year and a half later, that was my role. Um, and it was it was so enjoyable. And I was like, okay, I made that achievement. What's next? And so from the beginning, I said, you know, I really enjoy this organization. Maybe I can see myself retiring here. I'm really enjoying, you know, the the culture and the benefits and the work that I'm doing, the people that I'm working with. But it was never what what is my ultimate goal? And I still struggle with that. Like yeah. that's part of why um, I want to make the leap into joining Beyond Barriers is because I I'm very much have like specific goals in mind of um, gaining more responsibility, making more of an impact, really making a name for myself. But it's not like I always say, I could see myself being in a C-suite position, which one I don't know. And and it goes back to that imposter syndrome of I'm not like the expert in learning. I'm not the expert in HR. I'm not the expert in talent. I'm not the expert in metaverse, but I have all of these different pieces. So what does that look like? Um, So it is going beyond those limiting beliefs of, I'm just just a person to I can be you know this this next stage, but it is figuring out what that is, and it's sometimes it's hard to have that direction. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds like you're good at setting near term goals though and achieving them, which is a huge piece of the puzzle. Um, I I remember when I first started doing board work, uh, I always wanted to be a CEO, and then um, and then realized I didn't at least where I was. I, anyway, longer longer story, but. Um, like working with and counseling these CEOs and realizing like, mm, there's not like a special glamor here. Right? <laughs> like it says, these are people, these are very smart people. In most cases, these are very smart people. In some cases, not as smart as I would hope that they were, you know, would be um, managing through problem solving and critical thinking. Right. And that's like, that's it. and so I, I feel like that, you know, when I, I, with every step that you take that sort of, um, uh, that that glimmer starts to fade a little bit. And at the same time, um, you know, we all have those those doubts that haunt, right? So um well cool. Well I'm cheering for you to get that C suite role, whatever it is. Um <laughs> I think that's exciting. What if you could pinpoint the invisible ceilings limiting your success? Imagine having clarity on your strengths and barriers so you can take action and gain unstoppable momentum to advance as a future ready leader. Well That's exactly what the Beyond Barriers quiz will help you discover. You'll get your personalized score based on the 25 essential elements proven to accelerate success in the digital age, so you can understand what's holding you back and where to focus your efforts. The Beyond Barriers quiz is completely free and takes just a few minutes. Go to imbeyondbarriers.com slash quiz and take the quiz today. So let's talk about the goals that you have set and achieved. Like, um, how how did you do it? Like, you know, when you said, I want to be uh, leading this course, how did you do it? Or, or pick another one. Like, how, walk us through how you did that. Um, I think, you know, thinking back to that one, it is, again, just, I was that person that said, all right, so I've, I've done these things. What's next? I see this problem. How can I fix this? Instead of just saying, I see this problem. What's the solution? Um, so it's 
Mm. stepping up and stepping out of your comfort zone to try new things and to always be that person who's seen as helpful. Um, I think it's really important that you become a trusted advisor and whether that's, you know, you're a brand new analyst working on a team, but building up that trust that they have in you, that you can do that next level thing. Um, And so at the moment when I, um, so I started off as a contractor, I was working on the program. I got hired on with a group of people and it was two months later, they had a position open that was for leading the program. And I said, A, I'm pregnant. So should I even go for this? But B, I know I just got hired on. I don't know if like timeline, timeline wise, if I'm even eligible. Um, and they said, A, the fact that you're even asking, you have that desire, like go for it. But B, like we've awesome. seen some things in you. So like, it was pretty clear they wanted me for the role. Um, but I remember as soon as I got it, um, the next time we ran our, our college session, I walked into a room where some of the folks that had applied for the role and didn't get it were talking about me and not talking positively about me, saying things like, well, she got it because she can talk about herself better. That's a skill. Like you have to be able to talk about, like, it's not just, I can tell people the value I see and what it is that they're creating and provide that positive feedback as well as constructive feedback. But it's also, I can, um, I can share the value of the things that I'm doing and I can talk about not just here's the value that I've created, but here's also the ideas that I have for the, the future value that not only I can create, but that we can create as a team. Um, and being able to speak to those things is super important. And so it was, um, it was a difficult moment because there was individuals that I thought were friends, but, you know, coming into crap talking is not always the fun thing. Um, but it is, it's, and it goes back to just, you know, being willing to fail of, you know, sometimes it is stepping above people who, you know, maybe have been here longer, or maybe think they deserve it above you. But um, it's important to, to be able to talk about what it is that you do. It's important to be a team player and to be a trustworthy person. But then it's also like, I, I think through, you know, so many organizations, mine included, are going through um, layoffs at this point in time. And I keep thinking back to ones that I've seen in the past. And a lot of times it's it's folks that I, I don't know that they're necessarily out of the box thinkers. And the world that we're in is super innovative and technology is advancing at a really rapid pace. So it does take being innovative and not being afraid to, you know, throw out your ideas, throwing out let's do something with the metaverse for learning in a space where you know nothing about it is super risky. And, you know, it, it was a challenge that I took on, but it does take speaking up and just saying like, this may sound really stupid, but I'm willing to sound stupid because it's important to know that I have a voice and I do have ideas. Yeah. I think there's an important nuance in what you said about um, I see an opportunity and then I'm going to, how can I step up to fix this or solve it versus how can I help? solve it, right? And I think a lot of times there's a lot of research about non-promotable work and how women often find themselves in the not, you know, doing the scribing and the the stuff. And so I think, like, I love what you said about just, I'm going to just, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to do it until somebody tells me to stop, you know, (laughs) which is, which is an amazing, I mean, that takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of confidence and, um, and how cool that you were met with such support, you know, from your, from the leaders at that point. It's great. Yeah. Actually, Um, comment on confidence and it's um i mentioned i'm a an emotional intelligence um coach and so before i became um we call it our digital heart smart program but before i became that i went through the program myself and this again was like in the midst of COVID. it was just like this kismet timing um but i was going through it and it, it talked about i'm trying to remember the exact terminology but it was like um your confidence versus your um 
your self-worth and your self-regard and just seeing these different things and like plotting those out and again like investing in yourself investing in your career investing in your own mental health things like that is super important to spend time on going through that and just journaling and really thinking through all these different things of like I could say that I'm not confident in the way that I look, but I sat down and I thought about the things that I've done at work and I'm super confident about the things that I've done at work. And it's just like, once you actually take time and pause and think about that, like it just completely skyrocketed my trajectory within my career because it made me think of, I don't need to, you know, again, going back to running through this hotel in May of last year with our C-suite, like sitting there talking to each one of them, having these, you know, deep conversations, not a single bit of fear. Um, and it is, it it took thinking through those different pieces and why I should be confident in myself. So I think it's so important that we all take those those moments and that time to to think through and not just skate by. Yeah. No, I think getting that awareness is is really critical. And what we see so often is most women just don't take the time to do it, right? It's like we don't, and it's funny to, it's sort of funny because it's it sort of states, it's a little bit about how we do, do or don't take care of ourselves. We hear a lot that when in the sessions that it feels like self-care, right? <laughs> like, like just taking a minute to stop, connect with other people, think about myself, which candidly, like many of our peers are doing as a, as a point of, you know, of course, right? Like that's just part of their day. Um, so, and it's interesting too, you know, you mentioned layoffs We're we're actually seeing um, an increase in engagement around companies that are going through layoffs because the people who are left, like we're asking, and I've, I've had to lay people off in the past. It's like the people who remain, you're asking them to hustle so hard, right? And so demonstrating that you, you're invested in them and their career trajectory is, is such a powerful thing. Um, but it's a it's a hard hard thing to go through anytime. Um, so speaking of that, like, how do you stay grounded? How do you take care of yourself? Oh, I've got kind of a a random back basket of things that I do. I I try to make time every day to work out. It doesn't always work out, but I do try very hard. Um, I prioritize at least an hour every day to just sit on the couch with either my partner or my partner and my kids and just watch a TV show together, um, eating our meals together. And so that family time is super important to me. Um, I'm very candid with my team of when I need to take a mental health day, just mm-hmm. things get to, to be too much. And I think it's important that we call that out, you know, removing the stigma in the workplace removing the stigma in our you know culture in general. Um, but I've found that the more that I say that to my team, the more they feel like they can come to work themselves and be truly authentic. They like I'm struggling too. Um, and so it's, it's taking the time that I need. Again, I meet with my therapist on a regular basis. Um, I see a chiropractor at least once a week to focus on making sure like if, if, Again, I suffer from neck issues. So if I'm like not aligned, if I don't take the time to do that. I am suffering and it just completely kills my work. It kills my mood, like makes me crabbier with my kids. Um, and so I focus on those things. It's taking the time to be, you know, mindful about, you know, what I eat. Um, so I went on a journey of, I haven't 100% cut sugar. I don't know that any human truly can, but like, say, now it's hard. <laughs> it's so hard. Um, but that, like, Focusing on those sort of things really helps me stay focused in in my career. Um, but then it also, again, just helps my mental health, um, not having the, the peaks and valleys that come with that. Um, 
And then just taking time. It doesn't happen nearly enough, but just time with my friends. Like I think my sister lives in Portland, Oregon, and I miss the heck out of her, but I FaceTime her at least three times a week Mm because sometimes I just need to see her face. Um, Try to, you know, see my best friend at least once a month with kids and work and all the things that we have going on, coaching sports and all of our side gigs and all that stuff. It's just hard to find time, but finding time with our, with our friends is really important. Um, And then my other thing, um, I don't do enough of it anymore, but especially when COVID hit, we couldn't go out anywhere. And I personally suffer from, uh, it's called a body focused repetitive behavior, but it, I needed something to keep my hands busy. So even if I was just like sitting there watching a show with the kids, I needed something to keep my hands busy. So I didn't do my bad habits. Um, but I started making jewelry. So just like sitting there, beads on string was just, it's therapeutic for me. So it's focusing on those things that, um, or even just like reading a book, things that just take you away from work and just you know, bring you into a different headspace for a little while are important. Excellent. Those are all such great things. Um, I want to go back to the beginning where you said taking risks is so important. So many people struggle with taking risks. So I'd love to know if you have any techniques um, that you employ when you're making difficult decisions or taking risks. I know we talked about your board of directors and I'm sure that's a piece of it, but, um, but how do you, how do you leap? Um, I mean, just documenting the pros and cons of things is so important. I'm such a fan of the T chart. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's the positive? What's the negative? Um, talking through things again with my board of directors, but just, I try to remind myself of, you know, what's creating that fear and what is just, um, what's just overall like excuses coming in the way, like, oh, now's not the right time. Um, we're not like, oh, I can't leave my team and take on this risk or like, like, what are the things that are truly, um, you know, coming in the way of that? I think it's important to think through those different things. Um, I'm a huge fan of journaling. Um, I I journal everything um, to the point of I've got like so many notes on random moments of my life, but um, journaling it is to me the best way to get things out in a really eloquent way. Um, and so it's if I journal it, sometimes that's the best way of you know really thinking through. Um, again, utilizing my therapist and my coach to be able to facilitate what's really causing like because i can sit here and i can journal and think through what's causing my fear around that what's you know making this feel like it's a huge risk um but sometimes it just takes that third party person just be like well have you thought about this and then you're like Mm -hmm. oh um and then i just think through again like i'm good at the short-term goals it's funny when i took on the role that i'm in right now um i was i applied to speak at women in agile um so to be able to provide my own story of utilizing agile in in the midst of COVID, as well as you know in a learning organization which isn't what agile was created for and i didn't get it and timing wise worked out because it was at the same time as the big event i was at for work anyways um but i remember saying i want to build up that that expertise and that um that name for myself where you know i'm invited to speak about things like invited to speak on stage at something or you know be brought in to talk about something at a conference or whatever the case may be. Um, and then all of a sudden it was, we really want you to come over into the metaverse continuum business group. And we think that, you know, the experience that you have, like the thought leadership, you can immediately start creating. And I was like, I'm sorry, was somebody listening to my, <laughs> this is crazy. Um, and so it's again, like what is, um, 
what is the potential future in six months, in a year, in five years of me taking this massive leap? What's the impact going to be to my mental health, to my family, to my time to do the other things that are important to me? Um, and like, what value am I going to be able to bring to the world around me? And just kind of journal around those sort of things. Awesome. So helpful. Thank you. Um, tell me a little bit about like when you think about, um, well, I just, I guess I'd love to know what it, you know, you mentioned like the great, one of our premises with leveraging AI and the work that we do is that, you know, great coaching is great questions, right? Like good, my best coaches, like I got on the phone with them and they really don't actually say that much, you know, <laughs> like they sort of like ask me the question so that I talk myself into the answer, which, um, is always every time I get off the phone, I'm like, huh, you know. <laughs> um, so I'm curious about like education and immersive education and kind of you know the 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 work that you do, the work of the work that you do. Um, just tell us a little bit about um, one that work in that space, and then two, um, how you think it could positively or negatively in- impact um, uh, dynamics in the workplace around gender and race and class and, and all of those things. Um, I know that that's like a giant question. You could probably give a talk about it, but, um, just with, I mean, you're, you're an expert, as you just said, so I, I would love to just hear your POV on that. It sounds like a good opportunity to set myself up for Ted talk. Um, there you go. Yeah. So like, oh, we're, we're oh. starting. Yeah. We're <laughs> manifesting here. Um, well, we'll start with the end of, I think that, there's so much value from a DEI standpoint by utilizing the metaverse because, and again, like I'm trying to move away from the term metaverse. I think more organizations are, it's like becoming taboo, um, but utilizing these immersive technologies because A, you show up as your avatar, you can show up as any random avatar, you can show up as right. an avatar that looks like you, but um, I feel like it's bringing more opportunity to, to greater people. So, um, from an education standpoint, I have this like deep desire to recreate, um, what was that show called? The magic school bus, like Miss oh, yeah. kids into like through somebody's nose into what it looks like in a human body. And I think that these immersive technologies that we have are truly the future of ways of greater education for our kids. I always think, you know, I'm, I went through the entire school system here in the state of Illinois and I learned about us history and I, you know, scraped away with C's and B's and that, but I definitely was not the person getting A's because the way that they teach U.S. history in our, um, at, at least in the time when I was growing up, was t- t- horrible. Just memorize these dates and these names and it meant nothing to me. I've seen Hamilton a, a number of times. I've watched the show. I listened to the soundtrack. I'm a huge theater nerd. Um, I know far more about U.S. history, even in like its slightly skewed manner from um, Hamilton than I do from um, years and years of U.S. history and schooling because Hamilton is, it's its experiential, it's immersive. It really takes you in and creates this story. It gets you excited and engaged and emotional. Um, and that's really the most important pieces of immersive learning is getting you emotionally connected to these technology or to these, um, these lessons that you need to learn. And so um, I'm having more and more conversations around the value of being in a headset. So VR specific learning versus doing it on a desktop and mm-hmm. not everybody has access to a headset. So, you know, making sure that we're creating opportunities that can be done in, you know, multiple different ways. And it's focusing less on, you know, when you're in a headset, you're, you're so distraction free because you can't see your, you know, your phone or your 
pings or any of those sort of things. And that's, you know, definitely an element of immersion, but it also is how are we immersing you into this story? So like the best people actually building immersive learning at this point in time are people who've been in, you know, script writing for TV shows because they know how to really build up that story, the, um, the language, all those different things. And it takes like almost a, um, a Hollywood producer and script writer to merge with like a, a learning and leadership development person to be able to really create these um, effective learning stories. Um, and so it's exciting. Like, again, I've been in the learning space for almost 12 years at this point in time. And knowing that we now have these modalities that make um, the learning stick in ways like employee retention, knowledge retention. Mm-hmm. And I'm not remember the, remembering the facts exactly, but it's like within 24 hours of traditional training, whether that's in person or virtual or watching a video, people lose 70% of that knowledge within a, yeah, a month, like 92% of it. It's, it's mm-hmm. staggering. So if you think of these technologies that are really going to make you want to remember it, that are going to engage you, that are, it's really going to hit on those emotions, um, just the retention of that knowledge and knowing that the things that we've been creating are truly going to stick is exciting for me. Um, mm-hmm. But I think about it from an education standpoint, especially with having little ones of how can we make it more exciting? How can we get them that feeling of Hamilton in learning about math? Instead of saying, you know, the the train is going at X velocity and has to get to here, can we put them in the train and make it a truly immersive experience for them? And so um, I think the more that we can do that, the more that we can say, like, I think about the future of building up, like you take the general, um, topics, subjects, the textbooks that schools are using these days and say, like, let's create an entire set of modules in these immersive modalities that we can give to teachers. And so you could have like the very best of the best of the best teaching something. And it's getting to the school with like limited um, funding with, you know, really poorly paid teachers and just struggles so that kids are getting an equal education. Um, and so I think that the future of that really democratizing the ways that we can get access to this content, I see that as a way of, you know, truly bridging the DE&I barriers because mm-hmm. it's getting everyone in so much better ways. So exciting. <laughs> I have like 14. I'm, I'm very inspired. I've got a lot. I actually sit, I sit on the board of the University of Phoenix. Um, and so, and I do a number of things in the education space. So it's, it's just exciting. And I think the conversations that I've had have more to do with the context. So like thinking about just geographically and, you know, putting people in rooms and cutting out the note taking and all of that. But I think like the immersive, it's, it's exactly the right word, right? The immersive piece. And, and, and one of the reasons we do strategies wrapped in stories is because they stick better. And one of the reasons we get together in cohort and talk about what's happening, we talk about the curriculum in the context of what's happening in people's lives, because I spent my career doing two day leadership offsites and then forgetting everything or just going back to, do, you know, like I was inspired for two weeks and then it sort of faded away. <laughs> so, um, so important it's important to have that continuation of the learning. Yeah. And you don't, you don't, I mean, experiences stick in really different ways. So. Um, Awesome. Okay. Well, we could, I I would love to get coffee and keep talking about this for an hour and a half with you. Um, uh, Okay. I've got one last question and then we'll do the lightning round. Um, What's the one thing that you want your, you have one daughter, right? Or two daughters. I have one daughter and one son. Okay. So what's the one thing, actually both of them, it won't be, we will be, what's the one thing you want them to know from your, or you would want them to know from your journey to date? Um, 
I'm going to utilize a book title. Um, now I'm forgetting the exact name of it, but um, I think it's Bravery Over Perfection um, mm. written by Rajma Sujani, who um, was the founder of Girls Who Code. Um, I saw her at the Girls Who Code event and she was fabulous and was inspired and wanted to read her book. And so I've listened to it. Now I'm doing a, um, like a, a book study of it with my daughter. So she's nine. Is it amazing? Girls? Probably not. But um, I think through... And my daughter is going through, through this right now. She's having some anxiety attacks about like not being perfect um, and certain things that are happening at school. And so I try to be super real with her. I'm like, I was kicked out of college at one point in time, filled out. Um, and I've gone through some pretty heavy traumatic moments in my life. And I've had those like this. I'm just tired of this kind of moments, but it is like picking yourself back up and remembering that it is all about being brave and not being perfect and taking risks and um, being okay with failure and being okay with not being, you know, not being the smartest person in the room, not being the prettiest person in the room, not being the most achieved person in the room, all of those different things. It's all about being yourself. Um, I, you know, I went through a divorce in the middle of COVID and thinking through board of directors, I spent a lot of time with my therapist reminding myself that I am capable of making really strong decisions. And that helped me in making the decision to leave my marriage. And it was really important to me that my children saw that, you know, you don't have to stay in a marriage that's not happy, that's not fulfilling, that, you know, leaves you a kind of a shell of yourself. It's not about doing that for your children. It's about being yourself and finding ways. And to me, it was, um, I can be more myself by myself than I could be in my marriage. And my ex-husband and I are still incredibly good friends. We have a really great working relationship with co-parenting and things like that. Um, and so it is, it wasn't like anything really with him. It was more of, I was um, walking on eggshells being in that marriage. And I want them to see that, like, you know, I took the chance of, you know, going off and being on my own and I've been thriving from the moment I made that decision, but it does take, you know, again, like, being willing to fail, being willing to take the the brunt of people, you know, and their commentary around those decisions that you make, even just within my work career, I've had people who say like, you know, you move around a lot. Why do you do that? I mean, to me, I'm moving around a lot within my same organization, um, trying out new things, taking on new responsibilities and trying new challenges. Some people, you know, it's very common right now to, you know, jump from job to job to job. And that's probably the best way to earn more money. But um to me, it's important to try new challenges and, you know, continue to, to push my own envelope of what I can do. So. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. I love bravery over protection, perfection. I'm taking with me. Um, maybe this is the same book, but what book has greatly influenced you? Actually not that. Um, oh, excellent. <laughs> um, so it is the five love languages by Gary Chapman. Um, I'm not a, a super religious person. So that piece of it wasn't really impactful to me, but um, thinking through how we show love, but then also how we, um, how other people receive love is really important. Um, it's done tremendous wonders for my relationship with my mother, but it's something that I think about in relationships, not just with my partner. Um, I do it with my children. I do it with my coworkers. It's important to know how they feel um, appreciated. It's important that they know how I feel appreciated and what kind of is triggering for certain people, what boundaries we have. Um, and so I think there's that book. There's um, the five languages of appreciation in the workplace, five loving languages for children. There's all these different things, but just thinking through how we show up for each other, um, you know, has made the most impact on my life as a, a holistic look. Cool. Um, what's your favorite inspiring quote or saying? Um, 
I'm going to show you. I've got here, got a tip to oh, cool. airplane. Um, but again, going back to, you know, choosing divorce, um, I'm a very empathic person and I struggled for a very long time with taking on other people's emotions and their frustrations and their sadness. Um, and so working through that with my therapist, we came up with this mantra of, I am the pilot of my own airplane. I do not work in baggage claim. Um, and I've shared that across my organization, okay. especially my EQ coaching, but recognizing other people's things, their baggage, the things that they have going on and being there to be supportive of them, but not observing that and not taking in as part of who you are is so important. Um, and it's been life changing for me. That's awesome. Love it. Um, what's one word or moniker that you would use to describe yourself? Compassionate. I think, yeah, it focused on just having that conversation of do I have a shopping addiction or do I just really like making people happy and buying them things? It's, it's a beautiful thing, but um, I do like, I really enjoy um, making people happy, but then also being that person that um, you know gives people grace and the things that they're going through and trying to help through. Mm. Cool. Uh, what's one change that you implemented that made your life better? The, the remove the not full and removal, the, the significant cut of sugar. Yeah. <laughs> um, say from my skin, I mentioned I have a BFRB. It like it's a significant impact to that. My focus at work, my my emotions and my mood. So um it's a it's a huge thing. Cool. Okay, and this is my favorite one. What's your walk up song? Oh this girl's on fire. Thanks, Alicia Keys. Nope. I actually was just going through this activity. My daughter's um, in softball, and they had to come up with what their walk-on song was going to be. <laughs> Love it. Perfect. What's hers? Um, it's a, um, an Imagine Dragons song. Um, cool. I don't remember the name of it. I, I don't remember. I have it in no my phone. Um, <laughs> I got it. That's awesome. I yeah. Well, thank you so much. This has been uh, inspiring. It was a great conversation for me to have on Friday, and I hope it was enjoyable for you. And um, we can't wait to have you join us. Um, I don't know if has Jackie been in touch. We got we actually have a cohort kicking off next week. I don't know if you could make it. Um, I I can't just based on we're we're leaving um, the end of next week for Disney. Um, and oh, just, bless you. Happening with work and family travel, so not yet. But it is like it is on my notebook, my list of awesome. me to things very quickly so it is excellent yes well please let me know like how i can support you in your work i know i mentioned connecting you with some of the web3 folks um and i'd still like to do that i will connect you with paul sue who's the guy who i who i know best here um and i would just love to stay in touch you know as your work evolves because i think it's really interesting and um hopefully we could meet up for a coffee maybe halfway or something I was going to um, say that'd be lovely and I, I think you said you're in the city too and i go in for work sometimes i yeah i'm actually in Wilmette. So we could meet like, you know, I don't know. I don't know what town would be halfway, but we could figure it out. We're in the city. Either one. I was going to so, say, I'd need to look at the map. <laughs> yeah, me too. We do. But there are plenty of cute towns between us, I'm sure. Absolutely. So, um, awesome. Well, I hope you have a wonderful weekend and good luck at Disney. Are you going to have support? Are you, do you have a plan? There's I feel like that's like a traumatic so experience. Things, oh, so. wow. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> Okay, well, um, I'll just say a prayer for you. I'll light a candle. <laughs> I hope it's a blast. I'm sure it'll be great. Your kids are little. We took ours 
our eldest when she was like, I don't know, five or six. And all she wanted to do was ride the teacups over and over and over again. Oh my gosh, the worst ride in the whole world for me so <laughs> i think so too i think so too anyway um awesome we'll have a great trip and uh, we'll talk soon sounds good have a good week all right take care thank you for listening to the beyond barriers podcast there are thousands of podcasts out there and we are so grateful that you've chosen to listen to ours if you enjoyed the show please leave us a rating and tell a friend about it and subscribe to get new episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Visit IamBeyondBarriers.com where you'll find show notes, links, and the best way to connect with our guests. See you next episode.